welcome to episode 40 of Establish the Collection. I am your host, Cody Main, joined as always by a slightly more tanned version of Gary Hartman. <laughs> Gary, how's it going, buddy? Fresh from a trip uh, to Phoenix, right? Yeah, to Phoenix. Had a had an awesome time in Phoenix. But Cody Main, we'll talk about my trip in a second. I uh, want big congratulations to you, my friend. Now a full-time employee of Establish the Run, um, well-deserved uh, director of niche content, niche sports. Is Do I have the title correct? You nailed it, which which Beautiful. is really bad on <laughs> ETR's part because it just opened us up to so much, oh, uh, yeah. so much shit on Twitter because everyone's like, when when darts, when when <laughs> when highlight esports. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but yeah, you know, all jokes aside, really, really pumped for 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 you. And uh, you know, we we've gotten to know each other over the last year or so, and and become good friends. And I know uh, you you've been a bit burnt out from from the normal grind of your nine to five, and obviously you have a lot going on in your personal life. And no one no one crushes uh, the showdown, uh, you know, preseason streets like you did. And I know how much time and effort you put into it. So for you to be able to expand upon that and and you know really step into what you love, man, I'm I'm really pumped for you. Uh, also, your hair looks great. Appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, fresh, <laughs> fresh cut for the new job. We had to look yeah. good for the uh, the first episode of Establish the Collection after getting the new job. So we had to make yeah. sure we were we were nice and tight. I, I think totally. it looks okay. It looks awesome. Um, no, I appreciate yeah. appreciate the kind of words. We're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it obviously very niche uh, in my role. We yeah. are not gonna try and step on any toes on the main slate. We're not gonna try and step on any NBA toes. We're gonna keep to what we know, which basically means we're gonna be covering USFL, baby. We got Hell good yeah. news uh, out of the USFL. We are getting. USFL DFS starting April 16th from DraftKings. So great news. Uh, if you guys are interested and uh, you know have enjoyed the NFL showdown content, have enjoyed the preseason content from us in the past, we will hopefully be covering the USFL with the same amount of uh, grinding our cocks off, for, for lack of a better term, if you will. So uh, yeah, it's 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 fun to get started. It's fun to get started with something as as niche and as fun as the USFL. So I'm excited to get going, man. Yeah, and I can't wait to hop in right alongside you there with the USL Fell Streets. Um, going to be a lot of fun. I saw a couple of questions on Twitter amongst all your congratulations about this show and if anything would be changing. And no, if anything, uh, we've spoken a little bit about it. We, we're hopefully we'll have more, you know, more time to even dedicate uh, to it now. So uh, expect more ETC, more established a collection, uh, more fun from your your two best looking uh, card. I, 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 you know what? I'm going to say this definitively. I'm putting it down on the table right now. Oh, we shit. are the the best looking card collecting card you know collectibles podcasts on in the world on the on the interwebs no two gentlemen are better looking than us that would do what we do yeah and those are fighting words for all the other card podcasts out there but uh it's true uh sorry to to you know to shame everybody else out there you just opened up pandora's box and i'm not ready i am not ready for all that smoke man <laughs> we we got a few comments after we we had hoard ourselves out on youtube and tried to get all the comments and and likes and subscriptions yeah. and what have you on youtube uh someone said we look like twins and i took that as a compliment because, because Gary, i i find you a very good looking young man oh, so and, and me you cody and me you um I guess we should we should end it there before this gets too too ratty. But I also should say I meant to say I was going to do it soon. We're in the uh, yes, the, let's the go board ape, the board ape rally. Let's go that I've had in my possession for a little bit and I forgot about. Um, so yeah, you know this is the I don't remember which one this is, but he's a nice guy. I like this one. He's got some cool colors. The, the, the board ape on rally with which you just received your free yeah, I got some dividends. <laughs> yeah, amazing stuff. Like yeah. like what an investment. You're just getting right. dividends from buying a an, an ape JPEG. I love I, it. I knew this hat would pay for itself. <laughs> um, anyway, all right. Uh, let's, We've let's already talk, gone off the rails three minutes in stuff. somehow, but I guess yeah. I guess that's what happens when we're off for a week and, and you yeah. were in Phoenix. Hopefully things went well. I'm not going to spend too it much time great. on your trip great to Phoenix, trip. but. I'm going to live vicariously through you because with three kids, I don't have time to get out of the house very much. Understood. So I hope the trip to Phoenix was great. Uh, it was great. In keeping with the theme, with, with with the new job title, with the niche sports, we're going to keep it niche, which we were just talking off air that that it's probably not even niche anymore with as popular as it has become. But F1, once again, stole the weekend. And I think you completely nailed your predictions uh, from, from last episode, episode 39, where we talked F1 in full detail. Why don't you take it off from what happened last week before we get into the card stuff? Take, take us, take take the audience through what we saw on the opening weekend of F1 last week. 
Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked at length about it by why uh, last or two weeks ago when we spoke on the, on the pod, why it was the perfect time to jump in to F1. Um, and it wasn't just because Drive to Survive season four came back, which was a lot of fun, like it usually is. But because the season was starting back up and it was a season with a ton of anticipation, probably more than ever before um, with, you know, what what many people expected to be new competition, more more heavy competition, not just a battle between Mercedes and Red Bull, uh, but perhaps other constructors and teams as well. And the first race certainly bore that out. Uh, dominated the Twitter verse on Sunday morning, even Saturday morning. I uh, was in Phoenix till so I took the red eye back Saturday night, so I got up uh, 7:30 a.m. Phoenix time to watch qualifying on Saturday. Um, you know, landed at 6 a.m. on. Uh, Eastern time Sunday start built up all my F1 DFS lineups, new, new fun sport for, for DFS Sunday morning, stayed up on like two hours of sleep on the plane to watch the F1 race Sunday. So it's back taking priority. And I'm so happy to have something that is, is uh, dominating my Sundays again. And I think so is an estimated 73 million other new American F1 fans. I think was the estimated thing. Yeah. Let me find the Twitter thread that I just had retweeted uh, from somebody that has analyzes um, storytelling, uh, I believe, and basically did a whole thread on how Drive to Survive has grown the sport. Uh, but I believe, yeah, it was an estimated 73 million new American fans over the last year. Uh, so it is or so, a year and a half since the pandemic. Yeah, it is so amazing because what felt so niche last year when you got into to box breaks and we had first Topps Chrome product for F1, it, it did feel like such an incredibly niche sport. Like like no one was talking about F1. Drive to Survive had been out for a few seasons at that point already. But it just didn't feel like anyone was talking about it. And now it's all anyone can talk about. Your favorite podcast host, your favorite, uh, your your favorite DFS content creators, yeah. everyone is now talking about totally. F1 domestically. So take us through what happened in week one. Yeah. It was an interesting week, super, especially with, super with fun DFS race. lineups. And yeah, just to follow up there, Nathan Baugh, uh, Nathan Baugh 27 on Twitter, he has a podcast that uh, analyzes storytelling and its impact. So the business of storytelling. So he did a whole thing on Drive to Survive. And the F1 has come out with numbers that they estimate uh, they earned 73 million new fans in 2021. So uh, American, American, mostly American Wild fans. Stuff. So anyway, um, I am just one of a mere 73 million. But uh, I like to, to say that I, I've been on this now for about a year and, and it's been something that's been a total treat for me. And this week, this past weekend was no different. So yeah, obviously, you know, we talked about the recap of last season, what happened with Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton and the, uh, you know, Mercedes and Red Bull and the controversy surrounding that. So we, we head into a new season and a lot of uh, buzz about, uh, will it be Lewis Hamilton's year? Will it be Max Verstappen's year? Will it be Red Bull? Will it be Mercedes? I don't know. Uh, when, once we got towards Sunday, I think everyone was had had a little bit of a different tune. That it might not be any of their year, and the golden age of Scuderia Ferrari uh, is back and ready to play. And, and that is because you know they had spent all of their second half of last year putting resources and time into 2022's car. There had been a lot of buzz that they, was coming, uh, and it was going to be coming, you know, hot and heavy and strong. And everything that we've seen so far this year in testing and qualifying and now in the first race in which Charles, Charles Leclerc, um, their hot young 24 year old driver has been there for a couple of years. Uh, you know, you know, why they consider one of the top five to seven drivers on the grid. Um, and you know, real young phenom, like there are so many others of this, the sport came out, uh, had pole position, meaning he started in first place uh, to start the race on Sunday and did go ahead and win the race in a really, really exciting uh, race where he had a, a big battle with Max Verstappen going back and forth for much, much of it. Um, and, and you know, due to some issues that the Red Bull did end up having, despite being a very fast car, uh, both cars broke down around the la last lap of the race. And Ferrari came in with a 1-2, uh, which means what it sounds like. They Both their drivers finished first and second, uh, you know, really setting up uh, both the target on their backs and kind of putting themselves uh, at, at the head of the pack for, for this season. So a really exciting race. Ferrari out in front. Lewis Hamilton found himself on a podium due to those Red Bull issues. So Mercedes seems to be about the third fastest team right now. Now, We'll see how this advances. We have another race this weekend, but you know, take all this stuff with a grain of salt because yes, Ferrari, I think is going to be a player and is here to stay for this season. But you know, all teams just this is the first the first time these cars got out on out on a track was two weeks ago, right? For 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 testing uh, two and a half weeks ago. So these cars are, are going to be completely being advanced and noon and work on as the season goes on. We don't really know where it's going to settle in as far as who has the most pace. Uh, what I do know is Ferrari came out there or a statement came out for through Ferrari that today that they had put their engine on conservative mode this past weekend just to kind of test it out <laughs> so uh it's just rumors that they aren't even at full pace right now so ferrari is you know pretty clearly had a pack um what what ferrari means to the sport is a big one kind of similar to 
the Lakers, the Yankees, the Cowboys. They are the chalk, if you will, front runner, most uh, exciting team with the most storied history. Um, but at the same time, what what do all those teams have when they're good? It's great for the sport. So just another you know way for for F1 to keep growing is Ferrari looks to be back and and might be the front runner for for 2022. I sit down on the couch. I think it's it's 10 a.m. local time. Uh, you know the the one year old and the four year old have been up for a few hours at this point. It's Sunday morning. I'm trying to get my wife into this. I I turn on the broadcast and I'm thinking, ah, she's going to love this, right? The kids are going to love this. My, my four-year-old son's going to love the fast cars, the yeah, action, yeah. right? And then as soon as it's, it's lights out and the cars are going, this guy with a thick accent is way too amped for a Sunday morning. And my wife's like, turn this off, turn it off, turn it off. I don't want to listen to it anymore. So I, I was enjoying this, but my wife, my wife, not so much. So she's going to take some convincing because Welcome there was just a- to Bahrain for <laughs> the first race of the 2022 Formula One season. Uh, yeah, no, she's, they are, they do a great job. Those announcers. She's just, nothing's happened yet. Why, why is he screaming already? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was an exciting race. A lot of back and forth action between Leclerc and Verstappen. I think the biggest impact for this podcast, obviously, is what does this mean for card prices? Yeah. Does this mean anything for 2020 product going back? Uh, and then we, we we should talk about your just magnificent call on last week's episode, two weeks ago now at this point, um, where you were picking up boxes at your local hobby shop for $600, Topps Chrome, uh, that are now retailing at $1,000, $1,100, $1,200 uh, online. So what does this mean? What does is, what is week one, what does opening weekend mean for hobby prices moving forward? Is, should, should we take anything away from one race? Yeah, I mean, I loved seeing that uh, 73 million new fan number because at least a couple of those have to be card collectors. Um, yeah. And and what what I do know uh, is I think it's the hottest sport for card collecting right now, even even amongst uh, you know NBA being ramping up for for preseason, even amongst MLB being back and ready to go and people be excited about, even amongst one of the 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 most uh, crazy, probably the craziest uh, NFL offseason of my lifetime. Uh, amongst all of that, I think F1 uh, is dominating. Uh, dominating uh, card sales, card hype, and nothing is proven more than that. Um, you know, I said within two weeks, I expected the box prices to jump from $600 to to $1,000. It happened in like five days. And now you see them settling in around $1,100, $1,200 in most places. Um, just crazy, man. If I if I had known that it was going to go that quickly, I would have went around every hobby shop I could in the tri-state area and bought up as many as I could. Um, you know, was able to get my hands on a bunch at $600 or whatever. Feel good about that. But man, um, you know, crazy, crazy stuff. And it's, you know, the second year of a really, really, really exciting product. Uh, we're also seeing it reflected even more in 2020 crops somehow uh, is up even more. Uh, I saw the regular Chrome boxes. Uh, going for like, I don't know, four, four grand now, which is like what used to be a three, three, four grand, which used to be what the Sapphire was going for. Those must be going for man, four, four or five or, or whatever it may be. Uh, but uh, not surprised because, you know, it, it is, uh, it, it's another great looking product. The, the Chrome product is a second year of, you know, the, there's only so many Lewis Hamilton autographs that were in, in the first year. There's only so many Max Verstappen autographs. Um, there's only so many of their golds and reds and oranges and stuff like that. You know, if you get a third year Mike Trout superfractor one of one, it's still going to fetch you a close to six yeah, figures dollars, right. six, six figures if it if it pays a ten. So that's what we're dealing with just on those drivers. And then you're not to mention that Mick Schumacher is a really big deal rookie. Um, you know, he is the the flagship rookie of this class. And Haas, the team that he 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 drove for, that was has been a complete joke for a couple of years. Um, put all of their resources and money, and you know, Roch Drive to survive to, to to get a little bit of insight of where that money may have come from last year. And I want to get into politics on this show, but um, get all their their resources and money into this year's car, and it looks damn good. Um, and because of those political reasons, they ended up letting go one of their Russian drivers and brought in who is seemingly become the the driver of the people, Kevin Magnuson. Mm-hmm. Um, is back and, and it was somebody that everyone always you know enjoyed as, as a driver that they used to have uh, you know prior to last year and he comes in si- uh, fifth t- top uh, fifth or sixth I guess sixth I think he top six right um, yeah in 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 the race this weekend so not only is Mick Schumacher a rookie in this product he's now racing on a team that might be somewhat competitive in the midfield um, so you know that I think that's a big deal for his his prices and again also the fact that it just came out at the same time as Drive to Survive and we got to know Mick Schumacher we got to know the other rookie Yuki Tsunoda. Um, so, you know, it, it has decent rookies, a very, a great product, um, and the demand is, is through the roof. And I, what I'm also realizing 
is I don't think tops produced as much as I thought they would. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like even even really high end uh, breakers and eBay stores and all this stuff and hobby shops have gotten that many cases of this stuff. And for that reason, uh, and all the hype, uh, the, this the stuff doubled within a week. And it's yeah. it's it's really insane. It's really insane. And I, I'm I, I anticipated it. Yes, this fast. Not I didn't even anticipate it this fast. I know you can tell stories of your own, but but I had a similar situation on on a much lower scale. I went in on I think it was two weeks ago now, maybe yeah, not even two weeks ago now. And I texted you. And I said yeah. I said, hey, my local hobby shop has this for six fifty, and I think he had five or six boxes on the shelf, and then he had a couple of the the hobby light boxes, light, yep. uh, which at the time were going for like two seventy five, yeah, yep. which have now jumped up to like five hundred dollars. Which is it's just just madness, right? So I texted you. I said, hey, are you still in at six fifty on on the hobby boxes? You said absolutely. You know, you can't can't guarantee it, obviously, but I think this is going to be, you know, could be a thousand dollar product in a couple of yeah. weeks. Um, yep. So I, I I picked up a couple of boxes. I haven't yes. ripped them yet. Let's go. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the right moment to to either rip these or or yeah, you know just I mean, wait for wait for the show. It's already like, a great already a great investment for you. I mean, yeah. you've already you've already made a couple hundred bucks, you know, on those boxes. So, so I, yeah. I, I guess my question now is maybe you weren't someone who was catching stale prices at your local hobby shop. Maybe you weren't somebody who got in at 600, 650, $700, and now they're a thousand, eleven hundred, $1,200. And it's impossible to find these. I completely agree with your sentiment that these weren't overprinted, which we, yeah. we, we feared they might be yeah. coming into year two after the demand of last year. Are we in at box prices of $1,100, $1,200? What's the best way to get exposure to this yeah. product? Is it is it break rooms? Is it buying singles? Is it still buying boxes for $1,100? What's what's the right move at this point? It's a, it's a really, really good question. Um, and yeah, I went into my local hobby shop yesterday. I walked down there and yeah, 1105 on the shelf. I went into a break room today, 1185 if I wanted yeah. a personal box. So yeah, really nuts. Um, what I would say is, I think at the price they're at right now, until we see more and more of like the super high-end Lewis Hamilton and Verstappen start to hit the market, I think it has room. I think that they end up at like around fifteen hundred dollars for most of the season would be my guess. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a gut and estimate. Um, I, I think that you know stuff is starting is still being ripped at a decently solid pace at these higher mm -hmm. numbers, though even in break rooms. Um, at this higher number, so it will slow down a little bit, but I think it has some room. So if it's in your budget. I don't hate still spending at this price. Obviously, you you can't even kick yourself that long. Dude, these were on the shelf for three, four days at six hundred, seven hundred dollars. Yeah. The second that websites, that hobby stores, that eBay, that uh, breakers, the second they sold out of their first initial wave of this stuff, they bumped right up. So don't feel too bad if you missed out on that original no. run. Um, if it's still in your budget, I'm okay with it at this price. You still do have a low floor here though. Like you're gonna get a couple refractors per box, a couple numbered cards per box. Uh, there's like two or three autos per case. It's 12 cases in a box. You have like a one in four box chance of hitting an auto. So, you know, there is some downside here and it's, an, it's not a cheap number to, to come in at. So I completely understand if that's out of your budget. If it is out of your budget, a couple options if you want to get involved. Uh, I think the the cheapest and and you know biggest the best entry point would just be singles. Go onto eBay. Um, you know, just just hawk. You know, monitor these things like a hawk. You know, it's I and I have one player that you might sorry driver. I'm always going to do that. I one driver that you might have your eye on. Maybe you like Pierre Gasly, who had a I liked him a lot this past weekend because he does well at this track and and the, the car looks solid and qualifying. Uh, but he he had uh, his car ended up on fire in the middle of the race, overheated. Yeah, so right. Didn't fit. I saw so that. like right, so so he's right sitting down with no points right now. Like do do what we've always talked about the show. You know, identify drivers that maybe aren't being talked about as much as Charles Leclerc or, or Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, um, and go on eBay and try to scoop some of that stuff up. I think that's probably your your best option number one. What I actually did for the first time yesterday, um, in in as long as I've been, I haven't done this since I first started getting into cards. This is the first breaks I ever did were eBay breaks. I had not done eBay breaks in forever, but yeah. I'm having a lot of trouble finding breaks, like legit breaks and break rooms of this stuff, of, of breakers that I have accounts with and that I trust and stuff. I'm just not seeing it. It's really not out there very much on websites and stuff. So, um, you know, for, for that reason, I went on, saw if there was any eBay breaks, found found a guy that was very legit, had like 100,000 breaks and, and whatever, watched him his videos, he used his gloves. So I went in and they did a player break. So you could bid on every single player of a full case, of a full case. So if I bid for Lewis Hamilton, I would get every single card that comes out of a 12 box case. So instead of going out and trying to buy, you know, 
five boxes for $5,000, you can win Lewis Hamilton for three or $4,000 and get every, every card of his that comes out of a case. That case broke tonight and a Lewis Hamilton auto out of 74 refractor came out, right? Let's so that's go. boom. I mean, that, I, not, not my card, not my card. Um, oh, but, dang it. Yeah, but I did not, I did not penny up for Lewis Hamilton, but I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, um, right. I did actually for Yuki Tsunoda. I don't want to say what I spent on it, but I, 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 I identified him to be coming around half the price of Mick Schumacher for what he sold for. So I went for, for the second best rookie in the class. Uh, he has a Japanese market. We've spoken about this before. You know, I, I identified it as, as a possible, possibly undervalued asset, hit a couple of decent cards, fine with the, fine with the investment. But what I'm saying is I think that's one option for you uh, yeah. to spend half the price of a thousand. If you want to go after a mid-tier driver like uh, Vettel or, or whatever, Leclerc might go for 800 bucks, whatever. So you're spending under a box price to get one driver, but in 12, in 12 boxes. So I think that is a strong way to do it. I think player breaks of this stuff where you can find them is probably the way to do it. Driver breaks. Um, so, you know, that's, that's one other option. The other is, you know, fi yeah, find some break room. See if, you know, the uh, shout out to blowout. I talked about where I hit my max, uh, you know, my, Lewis Hamilton card last year. He's always done a great job with having F1 stuff in stock, but you know, it's not cheap. It's the same as anything else. He's selling them for close to $1,200 today, but I did a couple of breaks today with where I split with nine other people. We did a serial number break. So, you know, we all got in it like a for, per box. So still it's one box at a time, but you get in like 120 bucks per spot. So there are ways that are a little higher, higher risk to get in. I really like the eBay player breaks for as long as those exist for a full case. I'm not interested for a two box, a three box, a four box. You don't know where those were. You don't know. Um, if it's been manipulated at all, but yeah, but if it's a full 12 box case, you're going to see the case ripped open on screen. I think that's an interesting way to get in. Um, you know, not going to be cheap still not going to be cheap, but you're going to have a exposure to a lot more of one specific player with a lot higher odds of hitting something big because you're out of a full case. So, yeah, um, those, there are, there are options for you, but I am okay with it at the price still I am. Could not agree more with the player break. This is something that I utilize to perfection with the Hamzat, we, which we'll talk about here in a second with the UFC side. That's the the player break was I, I knew that all I wanted was was Hamzat. I wasn't chasing yeah. anybody else from that 2021 UFC debut product. I was chasing Hamzat, right? And you either couldn't find the right cards on eBay at the time and the singles that were that were proper quality or what you were looking for, the right serial numbers, whatever the case may have been. So you can get in at a little bit lower price for and, and I was doing quarter quarter case. Um, yeah. So maybe there's a little bit different. There's like three boxes, four yeah. boxes per break. So a little bit different situation, uh, a little bit cheaper price. But when I was getting into to Hamzat heavily, that's the way I was doing it. Uh, you could find yourself at a little bit lower price point than chasing some of these singles with still similar upside and was able to build up a nice collection that way. So could not agree more in getting involved that way. The one thing that I didn't know when I went into my hobby shop was for these uh, Formula One boxes that there is the regular hobby box and then there's the hobby box light. Yep. So when I purchased my first box of uh, just the regular hobby, uh, I came back on, I think I went in on a Tuesday and came back on a Friday thinking, you know, I'll be able to pick up a couple more boxes when I knew that the prices had already had already went up quite a bit. Um, so I went in there, he looked at me like I was crazy expecting boxes to still be on the shelves after they had just went nuts over the last couple of days. But uh, but I asked him if he had any had any feedback from people that were ripping the product yet. And he said that the light boxes were doing really well for yeah. what they cost. Yep. Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but is that is that something that anecdotally that you've noticed as well that the light boxes might be doing a little bit better than the the auto boxes at current cost? Yeah. So I went back also in that same thing yesterday, and I bought a light box at like four fifty. I know it's still. $200 more than it was, yeah. but I was like, I, I, I want to, I want to get, you know, I have the F1 itch. I don't want to spend $1,100 in this hobby shop right now, but I do know that, uh, you know, you could still hit all the colors. You can still hit the refractors. They have these Ray wave that are exclusive to that are like black and white with this cool refractor. Yeah, they have these. So I, I had a Leclerc of this, uh, of his, of his regular base of, of that. And I just put that on eBay today. So I'll talk about some selling strategy in a minute. Uh, uh, if you are doing that route as well, but, um, yeah, I, I'm totally okay with it. The only thing you're not going to get in there is autographs. So, um, it's obviously less cards, um, less price, but you have an opportunity for four of those Ray wave refractors per box. Those, those are pretty cool. Uh, and you can only get those in the light boxes. You cannot get them in the hobby boxes. And then you also still have your same shots. I mean, less cards are not as high probability, but same shots of, so, you know, your colored checkerboard parallels, your, you know, and your purple green red, orange, uh, gold stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I totally am, am good with the, the light boxes. Um, you know, I, I think it's great that they gave that as an option. Usually I don't love when they break up like Bowman, they do this sometimes or, yeah. or tops, they break up the light in the hobby. And, you know, I just feel like maybe my, my hit gods are up, but, but when, when we kind of are figuring out that maybe they didn't produce as much of this stuff as we thought, and the prices hiked so quickly, I do like it for this particular product. Happy that it exists. 
All right, talk to the people about selling strategy. Let's get into it because mm -hmm. if if you were listening to Gary last week, you may have went out and purchased a few boxes. You may have went out and uh, purchased a few singles. Maybe you're holding some product as of right now. How should we be thinking through selling this stuff now that the racing calendar is underway? Should we be holding for a while? Is there an opportunity now to sell as the hype is heating up? What What, what are the strategies that you are implementing right now? Yeah, I think there's a real opportunity to sell right now with with into hype. Um, obviously, I think it stands for. We've talked about this on the pod too before. Like it stands for for a lot of products that you're going to get your highest value when the product is new, despite the fact that the most uh, inventory might be out on the marketplace because there's also the most eyes on it and the most hype around it. Um, I, I think I'm taking a similar approach to my, my same investment thesis is that I that I have on other sports like guys that I believe in long term. I want to make sure I'm exposed to them, um, but I also want to take advantage of hype and hype deserves auctions. And I did that for Charlotte. Leclerc today. I put up like seven or eight uh, Leclerc cards, both from 2020 tops and 2021 that I've been able to hit. And, you know, we talk about Leclerc, you know, we just referenced him. He is the uh, probably alpha driver on Ferrari, probably would would be favorite or co-favorite to, to be driver champion right now, maybe with Verstappen for, for the season uh, or Lewis. So, you know, because of that, and because he just won this race in such, you know, pretty dominating fashion, and, and mm -hmm. you know, he's he's expected to, uh, you know, perform well moving forward here. Um, I think you have windows within the next couple of weeks to sell somebody like him or his teammate signs or any kind of Ferrari stuff while they're dominating, while their their fans are coming back out of the woodwork, while they're growing new fans. Um, because, listen, like as I mentioned before with the cars, like I think right now is a very strong time to sell him, despite the fact that he might be the favorite, uh, because. Red Bull and, and Mercedes are only going to get better. And I think even teams like McLaren, they just have braking issues right now and a couple other things, and they're they're really at the back of the grid. But I don't think at the end of the day, as we get further into the season, they're going to be that far behind. So I think – and Haas is strong. And there's all these teams that – who knows what kind of tweaks they can make to their car. The, the, the regulation rules that they made for 2022 were to, to do what we're seeing right now, to make the sport much more competitive. It's clearly working. Um, and I think these, these teams have a while to go until they figure out their peak performance out of a car. So – while we, Ferrari is that peak performer, I think you should be selling some of it. Now, I I do believe in Leclerc long term, and I think Ferrari is probably here to stay as as you know back at the the you know upper echelon of the Ferrari grid. I'm not saying let's sell all of our stuff, but I think especially if you have any kind of numbered or refractor stuff that you'd be okay with. Like I just I put up a 2020 Sapphire variation card; those are pretty short printed. Um, I think it is a pretty solid time. While he is he is the you know probably the the, the most hyped driver right now. Um, I had up some Leclerc sales before and i think i closed the page but um i'll try to get some more back up but i i know his stuff's been been hot and you know getting a ton of views watchers bids uh kind of every day since the race and i would expect that to continue unless somehow he he shits the bed or, or ferrari shits the bed over the next couple of races which i would not expect to happen yeah and he he won last week he's a plus 125 favorite uh for the saudi arabia grand prix this week so it seems like he's in good line to you know at least podium this week assuming things go well Assuming that this this Leclerc and Verstappen battle continue to go back and forth over the next couple of weeks, this seems like a great time to sell somebody like Charles Leclerc and just take advantage of the hype, like yep. you mentioned. Um, yeah, totally. I, I would be curious if you, if you've got some sales pulled up as yeah, well, so just, just, I'm just seeing... to look at a difference between 2020 and 2021 as well, but also see how things are performing initially out of the gate as well when this now that the season is 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 open. Yep. So a PSA 10 of his Sapphire variation. So the one I put up raw today went for about $1,100 today. Uh, yeah. That's a pretty, pretty strong price for any wow. kind of uh, just, it's not the numbered, you know, it's his base Sapphire, but a variation. Yeah. So it's the shorter printed, but just, just the, the base. So it's not, um, you know, not uh, at, at the, that of 70 or the 99 or, or whatever. Um, so, you know, going for almost $1,100 is a strong price seeing just regular refractors, um, not his, not his, print card like not his uh portrait card which is like considered his the real like the true you know card out of 2021 just like a, a refractor of him in the car or like him standing on the sideline going for 10 bucks raw like that's silly um those should be like two three dollar cards so you're wow. seeing like you're seeing like 2x 3x on that kind of stuff and then just a raw of his 2021 refractor uh, of the portrait card so the card number 11 this year i saw 115 dollars sale uh today so um you know that's a lot for a raw card 230 dollars sale for his sapphire base non-variation raw last year so that means i expect my one that i put up today to go for at least 350 for raw so wow. like you know so we're, we're talking big numbers for you know i could try to find some stuff from a couple of weeks ago obviously he's there's been a ton of sales over the last couple of days so, so i'll keep 
I'll keep scrolling and try to find some stuff from a couple weeks ago just to compare. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's up big. It's up. Big. Has he has he slid in as the the number three driver from, especially from that 2020 class? But is he now the number three most collectible driver out of this out so, of these products behind Verstappen and Lewis? Or is I would there, actually uh, somebody put, else? I would put him. I would put him five be- only because Lando and George were right, right, rookies, right, right. were true rookies, and they're still very exciting young drivers. But it's close. Like if you wanted to tell me it was a three A, three B, three C thing, I wouldn't. Wow. I wouldn't necessarily argue with you. I would probably put a three A, three B between Lando and George, and then a four for Leclerc. Like I wouldn't even call it like a three, four, five type of thing. Like it was just it's it's all bunched up there, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Leclerc. Um, you know, I so go back to March eighth as opposed to March twenty second. Uh, his PSA ten of that Sapphire went for about five hundred dollars. So this is the regular base. So it went for only um, it went for two x of what his raw went for today. I would imagine this card with the variation going for eleven hundred dollars would be about an eight hundred nine hundred dollar card today. So um, you know, definitely up big. Yeah, they're going for around five fifty. Consist. Okay, here we go. So the nine of the variation card went for four thirty eight. The ten went for eleven hundred today. So for the nine went for four thirty eight. Wow. What the ten yeah. would have went for like eight hundred. So it's up like, it's up like three four hundred bucks. Um, it's it's not it's not insignificant. So awesome yeah. stuff. Great great time to take advantage of the hype of the season starting. Drive to survive kicking off. I think the DFS impact uh, should not go overstated. Huge for the domestic audience. Uh, so many people. So many touts. So many uh, people that you follow for other DFS sports. We're talking about F one on Saturday and Sunday. So I think very important that we have DFS available now. Anything that we missed on F1 before we transition to another niche sport? No, just keep your eye on on, on Mercedes and Red Bull. Like it, it's going to be really interesting to see how these cars progress. I think Red Bull has, does have some real issues with that with that car from a reliability standpoint, from you know the ability to to last a whole race, um, which is going to be really interesting. Max Verstappen is defending his title. Uh, we expect Red Bull to be at the top of the grid. I think they do have the pace and the speed to be there. Uh, the question is, do they have the reliability to to be there for an entire race, and, and can they get it together? Because you know it could get it can get late quick for them to compete for a championship. They did not end up with any points uh, this last week. If that does happen and they somehow fall out of contention, uh, I would be in on buying Max Verstappen. So just be an eye, you know, keep an eye on things like that. Uh, I think are interesting. I think Lewis and George and Mercedes are going to get there quicker than, than people thought maybe they would. They uh, finished in in third and, and fifth or whatever it was this past week. So, um, you know, they are uh, third and fourth, I think, right? Yeah. It was, it was Lewis third, George fourth. So, you know, that took, you know, two, two, to uh, retired from Red Bull to, for that to happen, but hey, it happened nonetheless. And um, yeah, just I, I would I would definitely be watching Saudi Arabia Saudi Arabia this Sunday um, should be a, another really really fun one. I'm I'm so pumped, man. And you know if you're in a you know we're we're, we're very pro gambling here. If you're in a legal gambling state, um, you know check out my Twitter. I think I'm going to start tweeting out some 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 gambling stuff I like with F1 because I've had some some real success. Uh, not only in week one, but a lot you know down the stretch last year. Uh, you know had a lot of fun gambling on f1 so it's a, it's a we've, fun one. we've we've talked plenty on this show about me driving to iowa to place yeah, legal right. sports wagers right. so please please yeah. if there's any bets that you have i would yeah. love to load up the kids yeah. in the minivan <laughs> and drive to iowa to play uh, some bets we gotta on get, like, what's nebraska doing what is are we have any progress there when are we getting no, into nebraska? no no so so real quick before before we get into the next <laughs> subject here tom osborne one of the the greatest representatives of the state of nebraska the we love the tom. Yeah, Hall of Fame college football coach, one of the greatest football coaches of all time, is fully opposed to gambling <laughs> and is somehow, some way, still a figurehead in this state and still probably has the most pull in this state. So as long as he is alive and kicking, buddy, I, I hate to break it to you, but Nebraska uh, is not going to get legal gambling. This is, this is, what are we going to do? I was going to come visit you, but now I have to do it not during football season or something. <laughs> so, um. so here we are. Uh, <laughs> The one thing that I will drive to Iowa for at, as of right now is I will I will drive to Iowa to place legal sports bets on the UFC, which is totally fitting for what we're about to get into next. Yes. But, uh, you know, every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sometimes late in the week when I'm already getting bad numbers, I'll just drive just to have some action on the fights because I absolutely love it. Uh, but I'll take the 45, 50 minute drive to Iowa to get some action down because I can't get enough of the UFC. So hopefully someday I'll be able to just do it from the, the comfort of my own couch. But as it stands, uh, Gets we're, you away we're driving from the to kids Iowa, for a buddy. couple hours too. So 
Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but anyway, like, like, uh, like Tom Brady just realized that that's what he needed. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes it's necessary, uh, especially sorry. when you've got three of them. Uh, I, I, I digress. Yeah. Let's talk about UFC, man, because it's an exciting time. And 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 like like we, we talked about with F1 two weeks ago, um, UFC, perfect time to talk some UFC because we got the new product coming out uh, this week. It is, it is a perfect time. Not quite the perfect storm that we had last week or two weeks ago in F1 with Drive to Survive and now DFS and, and the season starting up, but it is a similar situation. We do have product coming out for what is uh, Panini's sophomore season, their second edition of their UFC product. Uh, and I think the initial launch went really well. UFC Prism, first off the line boxes, went at Dutch auction on March 17th. Ended up going around $1,065, which seemed like a, fa- a pretty fair price. Okay. I unfortunately did not get in at that price. But first off, the line boxes are going to carry some bangers in them as well. So we will have regular hobby boxes coming out in a couple of days. And those are already reselling on eBay right now for $1,000 at presale. So I, I think this is going to be a end up being a really good product. But I think it's a great time to continue talking about UFC because we have some exciting young names in the sport. And if you guys were paying attention last year, when Gary was getting into F1, I was getting into the UFC and that ended up kind of being the niche sport that I was focusing on. And I was really hammering home the idea of investing in a guy like Hamzat Chemaev, who has taken over social media, has taken over the UFC and is probably the biggest prospect that we've seen in a long time. Um, seems you, na- to you, nailed, the- you nailed your call there, man. Sorry, I didn't mean to, didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, no, and it feels great to be in the position that we're in. If you guys were tailing any of the any of the Hamzat stuff earlier from last year, we were coming off a really, really difficult bout of COVID, and he had an extremely exciting start to his career, and then things seemed to go off the rails. He was considering retirement, was really struggling with health, and, and the COVID stuff was really getting to him. Um, we were hammering home the idea of investing in somebody like Hamza before his fight with Li Jing Lang, which happened last October now, and he hasn't fought since then. And prices continue to go up. Like if you're trying to get your hands on this product at this time, it is absolutely impossible. Um, so I think we're in a good position now. And and the reason why I want to continue with the niche sports theme here and talk UFC and talk Hamza is because he's got a fight finally, finally upcoming April 9th. He's going to get the real contender that people have been asking for in Gilbert Burns, who has already fought Kamar Usman for the welterweight title, is the number two contender in the division. And if there's any question about Hamzat's fighting ability, any question about him potentially being uh, the pound-for-pound best fighter in the UFC, any any question about him someday being the GOAT, someday being the best welterweight of all time up there with GSP and up there with guys like Kamaru, uh, this fight is going to go a long way to establishing himself up there. So I think this is a great time to kind of talk about not only the 2022 product that is coming out, but also the 2021 product that we were ripping last year as well. I want to start with the 2022 product, though, because I think it is important to look at the checklist. And it seems like a similar situation with F1. I was worried that we were going to get into the situation where we saw how popular the product was the demand that we saw and all of a sudden next year we're going to see this massive massive overprinting of the product and just based off of the checklist with some of the parallels that are in there uh, some of the refractors that they're offering it doesn't seem like we're going to run into that situation it seems like it's going to pretty closely mirror the product from last year so i'm not too worried about running into a 2022 hobby box that is all of all of the sudden just full of stuff that is going to be uh, have way too much supply. So I was DMing with a few people in the established collection Discord, which is a great resource. I, I feel like we've gotten a lot more eyeballs in there, a lot more yeah. good questions being asked as Absolutely. of late. But uh, I, I'm starting to come around. As much as I was in on Hamzat being the the rookie of this debut Panini Prism product, I'm starting to come around in this 2022 box being better. Really? Than last year's debut product. Wow, that's there shocking are, to me. There uh, are some names in this product that I think are, are, are going to do really well short term, but then also some guys that are going to do really well long term. Maybe not to the degree that we see Hamza. Maybe we don't have a situation where it's like uh, where we have this one guy who truly transcends the sport and is the chase of this sport for all time. But we've got some names in there that were that that really stood out. And we're also going to get some first-year autos because we didn't get any autos from Hamzat last year. So we're going to get first-year Hamzat autos in this product as well, which I think, of course, are going to do well, right? And then second-year parallels are going to continue to do well, just like you talk about with Lewis and Max in F1. 
but some of these rookies, I'll just name a few. Sean Brady, Sean Strickland, Patty Pimblett, which if you haven't heard of Patty Pimblett by now, the guy that just fought he last just fought. weekend yeah. uh, at UFC London, sold out the O2 Arena, was, uh, I, I don't know. This is a situation that we get into with Hamza. I, 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 I remember when we talked about Hamza, I said he could potentially be as good a fighter as Habib with the personality of McGregor. Right. That was an absolute ceiling case for this guy, which is just like, is there any way that this is even possible? And he's <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't want to don't want to overstep here, but I think he's kind of lived up to that hype, at least to this point. Um, Patty, I don't know if Patty's kind of got the, the the fighting chops in him. He's going to he's going to beat up some cans uh, in his UFC career. But I think if he gets any real competition, things might be a little bit hairy. But he's got the personality, man. Oh, he's popular. He, he's he's kind hilarious. Of, he's he's uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Extremely popular guy. And then we do have somebody who is actually a cousin of Habib's, uh, Umar Nurmagomedov, who Ooh. looks every bit the real deal that the name would imply is a rookie in this class as well. Rafael Faziev, uh, another guy. And then Tom Aspinall is another guy that fought on last week's card who blew through his opponent uh, in a first-round finish as well. So we've got, wrap it all together, we've got, an awesome rookie class. Uh, oh, one guy I forgot, Shavkat Rachmanov, who if you listen to anybody crushing on... The na- crushing the name game, sorry. Yes, Shavkat <laughs> Rachmanov, which Incredible. if you're paying attention to UFC, you'll know this because if you're uh, if you're a Chimaya fan like I am, you're probably worried about this guy. He is starting to get that level of hype. He's 14-0 and 0 in wow. his UFC career, fights in the same weight class as Hamzat, and is probably, you know, when, when we get through the Usmans and the Covingtons and the Gilbert Burnses of the world in this weight class, the older guys is going to be one of those guys who is going to challenge him for belts, hopefully, uh, in the years to come. So this is another rookie in this class as well. So when we wrap it all together with this with this 2022 product, obviously not a debut edition like we had last year, but we've got second-year products for a guy like Hamzat. We've got all the legendary guys, all the champion guys, and then we also throw in these autos for guys like Hamza, first-year autographs in this awesome rookie class. I was talking to people in the Established Collection Discord that were getting boxes at their local hobby shops already for $850, wow. $800, $900. I think that's an absolute smash at this time still. And then they're already trending $1,000, $1,100 online. So if you're able to pick up this stuff at the prices they're at now, I think it's a buy. You can sit and wait and see how things shake out for some of these prospects that we're looking at. Um, but even if you're ripping, like like if you if you rip a, a hobby box now and get any sort of Patty Pimlet refractor parallel numbered card, that thing is going to do extremely extremely well on eBay right now, following the hype from last fight. So very excited about the the, the UFC product right now. Very excited about Hamzat's chances coming up. Uh, we're we're less than a couple of weeks away now at this point, but I think this is another great time. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago with with F1, this is another great time for an itch sport like like UFC. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. And I'm I'm excited. I'm gonna to try to get my hands on on at least one box, have some fun with it. Um, you know, and and I think this Patty Pimblet rookie being in here is huge. Just being in the in the Twitterverse, and you know, I know those barstool guys were all over yeah. gambling on him and, and and loving him, and like that whole crew, like all the barstool type of fans, I think are are all over him. And that's just scratching the surface. He's loud, English, boisterous, and he looks ridiculous, which is what's so <laughs> that's, funny. Like, that's so much part of it, right? He's so much part of it. He's got like the blonde bowl cut or whatever's going on. And uh, yeah, I mean, by the way, mean bowl cut as a kid, Cody. Um, and But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, and then I don't, I barely know any of the other names, but I trust you that it's a great class. And if this is the case, that it has actually a stronger overall rookie class, if not necessarily the 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 uh, ceiling of Hamza, but just from a wider range, kind of like what we're going to get out of 2021 NBA prism. Like, I, I think that's going to be similar, similar comparison. Like maybe Evan Mobley's a super, super duper star. Maybe not. Maybe Kate is, maybe not. But uh it, it goes 10 to 12 deep of true great prospects that could be all-stars. So uh, it sounds like it's similar to that, which, which, you know, that always drives uh, the hobby. And as you mentioned, if we get new autographs that we've never had before, this is still a very new, new product. So really, really pumped. That sounds like a, an awesome, awesome product, but you know, continuing to have great cards, man, this, the, the card from last weekend with Patty, I didn't get to catch any of it, but I heard, heard was awesome. And um, you know, I just know that UFC continues to churn out uh, great, great fights and uh, great cards. So the popularity is there. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think it's only going to grow. Uh, we have next week, uh, excuse me, not next week, April 9th is the Hamzat card, but also on that card we have Alex uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, who is probably the best featherweight of all time. Also, we get the rematch between Bantamweights, Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan 
and then the big Hamzat fight with Gilbert Burns. He's like a minus 430 favorite, which if I'm being honest, even as a Hamzat fanboy, should not be a minus 430 favorite against the number two contender in the welterweight division or uh, only four fights into his UFC career. But I'm just going to say this right now. Like uh, I've got a, I've got one card listed. It's a, it's a red Hamza parallel number out of 275 on, on eBay for well above uh, its current asking price. Just in case somebody wants to offer me something absurd to, to, to take it off my hands. I'll, I'm, I'm willing to do that at this point. Yep. Um, and I'm getting insane amounts of views, insane amounts of insane amount of watches and insane amount of offers on that card. But if, if Hamza runs through Gilbert Burns, like, the odds are expecting him to those prices aren't going to come down those prices will not come down because the next in line is going to be a fight with Kamaru Usman or somebody like Colby Covington in order to get that fight with Kamaru Usman and once that happens I mean you're just talking absolutely absurd levels of prices for this guy it's going to go up to Connor levels it's going to go up to Habib levels and you're not going to be able to get your hands on it so if you're waiting for whatever reason and you think he comes out victorious this you know this upcoming card on UFC 273 now is the time to get your hands on it. And then shortly after, less than a month later, we've got a probably an even better card with Charles Charles Oliveira fighting Justin Gaethje. Uh, we get a women's fight at Strawweight with Rose Namajunas and Carla Esparza, Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson. It all just goes to play into the popularity of the sport when we see these fights on Saturday night, just like we see with the F1 taking over Twitterverse on Saturday and Sunday mornings. These massive massive pay-per-view ufc cards are going to take over twitterverse and take over social media on saturday nights as well so i think it just helps to grow the popularity popularity of the sport when we have these massive cards so i think that uh the next couple of months are going to be really big really big for the hobby agreed there man uh to totally agreed there and and really really excited you know about f1 about chrome and then you know uh, uh sorry ufc and then obviously we are gonna, just going to continue to get. We just got football contenders last week. That's a that's a big one. We're going to continue to get football products from this past year, despite the fact that we're now, uh, you know, what a couple months past the season. We're going to continue to get basketball products. We're still waiting on Prism for both of those sports uh, for for this year. So um, yeah, man, just a lot of good releases ahead. Glad to see that at least tops, um, you know, with with Formula One knew what to do with the production side of things. Let's see what Panini does with UFC. Uh, hopefully, hopefully not not crazy. But regardless, it seems like the hype will be there that these boxes should be uh, in demand. One so. last thing on the UFC stuff before we wrap up here today, just looking at the base checklist, uh, the prism parallels that they have for this product, they have a green, a hyper, an ice, a pink ice and a ruby wave before they get into their serial number cards. I do notice a few different parallels that they did not have a few uh, unnumbered not serial numbered parallels that they have in this product for 2022 that they did not have for 2021. So that does indicate there might be some of these more uh, less sought after, more overprinted parallels like the green, the hyper, the pink ice, the ruby wave, some of these cards that uh, are more evident in your boxes if you're ripping that aren't the the serial number uh, you know reds out of 275 and purples out of 149 and blues out of 199 you know i would still if you're focusing on getting into box breaks or ripping this stuff would still focus on the serial number cards because i think some of those uh especially the the lesser uh popular parallels are could be a little bit more overprinted in this product but they do have some interesting stuff, I think, thrown into this set. They have a 2012 Prism throwback, which I think is going to do really well with, with collectors, uh, especially Prism fans, that I think is going to do really well. And then, as I mentioned before, just the, the first-year autos for a lot of these fighters that we didn't have in the debut product, I think, are going to do really well. So if you get if you pull a Hamzat auto, just know that that is his first auto. He did not have autos in the 2021 product, and that is a, a phenomenal card. I expect those to do incredibly, incredibly well. Yeah, agreed there. And we'll see if there's, you know, we, we'll follow up after the release. Let's see if like any of these, maybe some of these new parallels are shorter printed than we realize. It's always a possibility. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll wrap back around there. Wouldn't be surprised to see, um, you know, Panini come out with like a UFC choice product at some point, the same way we have mm -hmm. Prism choice for, for basketball. Uh, you know, wouldn't be surprised to see them do things like that and come out with some fun parallels that are more short printed. But yeah, man, um, you and I talked about, would we go long, uh, and have opportunity to talk about <laughs> other topics such as NFL offseason that we've missed over the last two weeks. But here we are almost 50 minutes in because you and I, my friend, um, we have fun. We have fun over here and we're excited to continue to have fun. This is episode 40, just scratching the surface though.
I was thinking, is there anything that we missed? But I, I was more happy. And I guess it's not so much even niche anymore, but I was happy to kind of keep a niche in, in our little bubble. No NBA talk, no NFL talk, not even any MLB talk as we're, what, now two or three weeks away from opening day on April 7th oh, yeah. for yeah. MLB. But we promised you guys before Gary went on his little vacay and before I decided to take a full-time gig at ETR that we would get into the MLB now that the MLB is back. We're still waiting for a few dominoes to fall with uh, big name signings, trade stuff, free agency stuff, spring training is underway. Things are going to start to get really hot and heavy in the MLB streets. So we plan on being back, fully diving into MLB, fully diving into what we still consider America's game at this point. We'll talk about Gary's Yankees love. Uh, oh, the God. Yankees can can get over the hump in the 2022 season. We'll be back with all of that next week. Until then, we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us for some niche talk with F1 with UFC on your way out. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, wherever you're listening. If you are listening on the podcast feed, hop over to YouTube, subscribe, uh, click the notification bell over there. Like the, you like the, like the video comment, whatever content you would like to hear. We did get some good feedback in the Establish the collection discord about some one-on-one level stuff, which I think is important. I, I feel like we're at a point now in the hobby where we're getting a lot of new eyeballs in, uh, and, and it is good to kind of rehash some of those topics. So hopefully over the next couple of weeks, Gary and I can get back to that starter pack series that we kicked off the show with and kind of talk some high level macro strategy in the card hobby. Anything else before we get out of here, Gary? No, um, you know, all, all great points. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll dive in with some baseball next week. Spotify does have ratings now, star ratings. So we could appreciate uh, if you go on there, Give us five stars. If you've already done it on Apple, please go over to Spotify. Uh, help help, uh, help uh, us out over there. We, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll dive in with baseball, I'll catch up on football and basketball next week. Back to the more mainstream American sports. We had a lot of fun with this niche sport. And I want to congratulate Cody again on becoming a full-blown, uh, you know, a full-time employee in the sports, fantasy sports industry. I know a lifelong dream for him. Uh, and we're, we're really happy to have him. Uh, you know, not, uh, you know, grinding his cock off for something that he didn't necessarily have a passion for. So very, very excited. Very excited. All right, buddy. Let's, let's everyone out there go take down Gary in the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix on DFS. Not happening. happening. (laughs) Hopefully, maybe you guys can chop for first because it is a dupe heavy sport. Maybe you guys can all chop for first, but, but check over, check out DraftKings, hop in the F1 DFS streets, take down, take down Gary in the GPP. Uh, let us know how it goes. Show us your screenshots. Show us your winnings. Show us your hobby boxes. Show us your polls from F1, from UFC. Show us everything. We want to see it. Communicate with us. Let us know how things are going. Yep, uh, totally. For all Hell that, yeah. we will see you guys next week. For Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you later. Peace out. Peace out.